Well, we gather here this morning as another Christmas has come and gone. Some of us are back from our travels or having said goodbye to our guests and are unpacking or cleaning up and settling down a bit from the busyness of the season. There can be a kind of letdown after the peak of Christmas Day. It seems that so much energy is focused on the one day that after it's all over, we can feel a little bit of tiredness, a little bit of sleepiness, a little bit of time to relax a little bit after the busyness is over. And isn't it amazing how busy we find ourselves each year? So many events to attend, so many gifts to give, so many lovely encounters with family and friends. It can be exhausting. Others of us struggle this time of year. Some are experiencing losses, and others just find the merriment a little too much to handle. We clean up and put away and do laundry, and then here we are on the 28th in church, feeling a kind of in-between feeling. It's not Christmas, but it's not really ordinary time yet because we haven't seen the Magi yet. One of the biggest parts about this time of year is family. Whether or not we have a family, whether or not we get along with our family, for which part of the family we see on which day and which half we see on what day and what negotiated rules we see on what day at what time. And this can be easy for some families, but most of us, it's a little bit messy, especially for children that have divorced parents and have to see this family on this day and not that family on this day. Yet Christmas is kind of a loaded time. Many feelings uh, are there, as many as there are relationships and events to go to. It makes sense then that the lectionary passage for this date includes this Galatians passage as that we're looking at today, as that it really is all about family. In today's passage, Paul talks a lot about becoming adopted by God. First, let's take a little look at what it means to be adopted. I talked to a friend of mine who, has, who adopted their son at birth. She and her husband talked a lot about it before they did anything about it. Were they ready to take care of a baby? Did they live in a good neighborhood for kids? Could they afford to have one of them stop working for a while? She explained to me the work that they went through to the adoption process. She and her husband were newly married, so they were evaluated as to the strength and stability of their relationship, their income, their ability to care for a child. There were forms and forms to fill out. And they met and followed the birth mother all the way through her pregnancy so that she would feel comfortable giving, him, giving them her child. However, said my friend, we would have gone to the moon and back if that's what it took to adopt our son. We loved him before he was even born. It's almost as if we loved the idea of him before we even met him. And now he's grown and we had our ups and downs along the way, but he is our son and we love him as much as any parent could love any child. I would imagine that those of you who have adopted children may have similar stories of how you feel about your adopted child, that you have an adopted son or daughter that is as precious to you as anybody else who has a biological son or daughter. 
and that you would go to the ends of the earth for your adopted child. If this is an experience that people have adopting children, what does Paul say about us being adopted by God? One thing that Paul says is that now that faith has come in Christ, we are no longer under the rule of law as our disciplinarian. Having been justified by faith, clothed ourselves in Christ. In baptism, we are no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male or female. There are no more qualifiers. There is no more reasons why one person should be better than another. We are now living with Christ, who is the fulfillment of the law, which is the law of love. We are adopted as children of the loving God, who we belong to unconditionally forever. Nothing about who we are can separate us from God. We are permanently children of God through Christ, and we become heirs according to the promise of Abraham made generations and generations before. The promise to Abraham made by God is that Christ will be from Abraham's seed, Abraham's line. Once we are baptized, we are adopted by God, and we will also be the seed like Christ. We will be heirs like Christ. To make this point in another way, Paul goes on in chapter 4 saying, we're talking about minors, meaning young children, who are the same as slaves in that they cannot act on their own behalf, but rather are subject to guardians and trustees to care for them and handle their needs. This makes perfect sense to me. I have a nephew named Jacob. We call him Jake. He turned 11 yesterday, and I was able to celebrate his birthday with him the day before. To look at him, you would think he's much older because he's five foot six and weighs 130 pounds. But when you talk with Jake to watch how he interacts with other kids or adults, he fits very nicely as an 11-year-old boy. He's on the cusp between child and teenager. Sometimes he wants to sit next to his Auntie Sharon, and other times he wants nothing to do with organized family events and would rather be in another room. So far, girls are still gross. But even when Jake is acting older and more responsible, we are reminded that he is just a boy, just a child. He needs to be reminded to eat his vegetables, not to interrupt, and to brush his teeth. He certainly is not able to handle money in any great quantity, or to do things adults do to accomplish the basics of running a household. He needs to be monitored, he needs to be guided, he needs to be cared for. And even though he goes to a Christian school and is being raised in a Christian home, there are struggles that 11-year-old boys go through that he goes through. There is peer pressure in many forms that have been tempting him to do negative activities at school. There are homework problems that frustrate him and make him want to give up sometimes. And there are just the normal growing pains that come with being 11 in our society which, to be honest, makes me very glad I'm not going through that at this time now. However, this is not the kind of minor that Paul is talking about necessarily. He's talking about all of us before the coming of Jesus. We are subject to what Paul calls the elemental spirits of the world. Paul is referring to the forces in the world that will draw us into trouble. 
he was probably referring in his time to the belief in earth, fire, water, and air that made up the cosmic powers that dominated human beings. But to clarify, he said that Jesus was born of woman and born under the law. Therefore, he was born a human and a Jew. Because Jesus was born a human child, we are set free. God has humbled God's self in the person of Jesus. But because he enters the world in that way as a minor and brings the freedom as the Christ child, he releases minors and brings about our adoption as children. Because he came to one of us as one of us, he has set us free. So you see, we are adopted by God. Christ has opened the door for us to be drawn through. But let's examine something here. Do all adoptions go smoothly? Does every family who adopts a child fit nicely together without conflict? I'm sure you know the answer to that is no. So for our sake, God has sent the Spirit of Christ into the hearts, our hearts, so that now we are children of God, we have the privilege of calling God Abba, Father. The translation of this verse, they leave it as Abba in the original Aramaic to emphasize the personal nature this word carries. It's like saying dad rather than father. We are unconditionally loved by God, our holy parent. And in verse seven it says, so you are no longer slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. Now that we know we are heirs, what will be our inheritance? In this world, money, property, thriving business, work of art, all those would be seen as wonderful inheritance. But what could be the prize for those who are heirs alongside Jesus? According to Paul in Romans 8.21, all of creation is waiting, that the creation itself will be set free its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. In other words, the inheritance for all of those who are adopted by God, which is all of us. Creation, freedom, healing, glory, it's everything. God's kingdom has no end and we are heirs to the kingdom our totally true, totally present, unconditionally loving parent has adopted us not because of who we are, but because of who God is. Friends, this is great news indeed. We didn't just celebrate the coming of a baby last week. We didn't just sing beautiful carols and watch our children act out the familiar story here in our sanctuary. We didn't just light Advent candles each week and we didn't just hold each other in compassion at the blue Christmas service. We were adopted by God, the holy parent who came humbled as one of us, just to say, I want you to be my child, my heir. I want to be part of your everyday life. I want to celebrate with you and mourn with you. I want to work with you and relax with you. I want to be with you in your joyous moments and in your lonely ones. I want to rise with you in the morning and rest with you at night. And 
I want to do all these things because you are my own and I love you. Amen.